Good evening. Over 2,000 years ago, the scriptures tell us of some sleepy shepherds who were watching over their sheep on a star-brightened hillside in ancient Palestine. It was a still, uneventful night until the darkness was suddenly filled with a strange light. The stillness was broken by angel voices singing, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace and goodwill to all. So begins Christmas, the most beautiful and meaningful celebration of the Christian calendar. But something we can all, we all too often forget is that Christmas actually begins with Advent, the season of preparation and expectation with the coming uh, of the birth of Christ. The season of Advent is celebrated on the four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day. Within the church, both the Advent and Christmas seasons have a long history of traditions. These seasons and their customs have developed over many centuries and in many countries. Some customs and observances have been around for centuries, while others have come about a little bit closer to today. But regardless of their date of origin, each of these traditions have a deep meaning, and their purpose is to help us more greatly celebrate the hope, the love, the joy, and the peace of this blessed time of the year as we welcome the Christ into our hearts and lives once again. This evening, we will dress up our church building and in particular our sanctuary, with its Advent and Christmas apparel. As we do so, not only will we explain the symbols of this special season, but we will rededicate them and ourselves to the service of God, because more importantly than preparing this sanctuary, we want to ready ourselves and prepare the sanctuary of our hearts for the coming of Christ. And so... With a great sense of expectation and preparation in mind, let us join together in the call to worship as we begin this special time of hanging of the greens. Will you join me as you follow along and we read responsibly? How shall we prepare this house for the coming of Emmanuel, God with us? How shall we prepare this house for the coming of the eternal Christ? How shall we prepare this house for the coming of our Savior? How shall we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Son of God? For in the story of Jesus, we see revealed the transforming power of God. We are reminded anew of God's vision of wholeness, justice, and peace for all creation. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now let us remember why we are, uh, and all the world, need the coming of Christ by singing one of our great Advent hymns. It's hymn number 196, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Will you stand as you're able?
may be seated. Hear this reading from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. God will send a light to the nations. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. When Joseph and Mary presented the eight-day-old baby Jesus in the temple, Simeon referred to the Christ child as a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Then in the Gospel of John, Jesus proclaims himself to be the light of the world. Therefore, for centuries all around the world, the lighting of candles has become an important part of Christian worship. As the candles symbolize the light of Christ shining into our dark and broken world. As we light the candles upon the altar, tonight and always, they symbolize Emmanuel, God with us, whose transforming power heals the world of sin and evil, war and strife, stress and turmoil, suffering and despair. Jesus embodies hope and help for those held captive by oppression, and his ministry guides us to personal peace and joy through the illumination of his message of the love of God. During the season of Advent, we have a special tradition of lighting a few special candles which guide us through this season of preparation. These special candles are part of the Advent wreath. The tradition of the Advent wreath is traced back to an old Scandinavian custom that celebrated the coming of light after a season of darkness. In that day, candles were placed on the edge of the horizontal wheel. As the wheel was spun around, the lighted candles would blend into a continuous circle of light. Today, rather than a wheel, we use a circle of evergreen to remind us of the continuous power of God which knows no beginning or end. Each week, we will light a new candle on the Advent wreath until all four candles have been lit on the last Sunday before Christmas. With each new flame, we are reminded that something is happening, that something is building, and that something more is still to come. That something is Jesus. Therefore, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we light the last candle, the center candle, which symbolizes Christ himself, the light which has come to shine into our darkness. The colors of the candles have significance as well. Purple for the coming of Christ from the royal line of David. One pink, a lighter shade of purple, is lit the Sunday before Christmas because the light is almost here, and then white, which represents the purity of Christ our King. Today, the first Sunday of Advent, we light the first candle, the candle of hope, as we dare to express our longing for healing and salvation for all of creation. As the altar candles and the first candle of the Advent wreath are lit, let us sing another great hymn that articulates the longing we have for Christ to come and save our world. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Our next scripture comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 and 6 through 7. The prophet, the prophet declares a child will be born. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness on them, light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. Hanging of the greens, have you ever wondered why this service is called that? Or why evergreen is called an evergreen? The color green represents renewal, new life, freshness, and rebirth. Plants such as pine, holly, ivy, and mistletoe are called evergreens because they never die. As the seasons of the year come and go, they will continue to stay evergreen, ever alive. Therefore, it's no wonder that when we deck our sanctuaries and our homes with evergreens during this Advent season. Advent is the season of pre preparation for the ever-coming Christ, God's gift of renewal and transformation to us and to the world. Because the, need the needles of pine and fir trees appear not to die each season, the ancients understood them to symbolize that which lasts forever. The prophet Isaiah tells us that there will be no end to the reign of the Messiah. Therefore, we hang these wreaths of evergreens shaped in the form of a circle, which itself has no end, to signify the eternal reign of Jesus Christ. As we hang the wreaths, let us sing with joy about the birth of Christ, our eternal King. Let us sing, What Child Is This?
And now hear this reading from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 6. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of a dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. For Christians, this passage from Isaiah reflects the sufferings of Jesus, who saved us from our sins by his death on the cross, and how God transformed what seeming, that seemingly tragic and hopeless event into the promise of life by his glorious and powerful resurrection from the dead. Every year, we fill our sanctuary with poinsettias, whose vivid red color reminds us of the blood of Christ poured out for us and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Poinsettias were first used to tell the story of Christ in the 17th century by Franciscan missionaries to Mexico who realized the symbolism in this beautiful local plant and incorporated them into the nativity procession of their Christmas celebration. From then on, poinsettias have been known as La Flor de Nocabuena, the flower of a holy night, the flower of Christmas Eve. As our Advent season progresses, you will see our, ad, our sanctuary filled with more and more poinsettias. Now, will you join me as we sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem?
Hear this reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, various verses, the mystery of the Incarnation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. At this time, I would like to invite the children to join me. If you can come sit over here, right by the Christmas tree.
Now will you join us as we sing together Silent Night. Our next passage of scripture is one that you're, I'm sure, very familiar with. Actually, when I was looking over it, I heard the Charlie Brown characters reading it. Because um, that's, it always comes to mind when I hear this scripture. This is from Luke 2, 1 through 7. Christ the Savior is born. In those days, a decree went out from the emperor Augustus to all the world to be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Cornelius was governor of Syria. All went to their towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was a descendant from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and he who was expecting a child. While they were there, The time came for her to deliver her child. As she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth 
and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. So nativities are often put up in our homes and in our churches to portray Jesus in the stable crib at Bethlehem, depicting scenes described in the Gospel of Luke and in Matthew. St. Francis of Assisi is often credited with the first manger scene about 800 years ago. Although his was uh, comprised of real people, St. Francis was sharing the Gospel with people who could not read Therefore, the visual representation of the nativity scene was an effective way to tell the story of the birth of Jesus. We have such scenes placed all over the church throughout the Advent and Christmas season. At this time, I will invite our youth during our next song to come forward and to place the wise men, the shepherds, uh, Mary and Joseph, and the baby Jesus. So as they're doing that, let us all sing Away in a Manger. I just want to take a moment to, to say thank you to um, the people who really helped to make our church and our sanctuary always look beautiful in every season. As you know, uh, if we took time tonight to put up all of our Advent and Christmas decorations, we'd be here all night and we'd be having pancakes at Waffle House or something like that uh, at midnight or something. Uh, our Altar Guild and our UMW worked really hard um, to get this place ready, to get our beautiful tree up, to get everything out and hung and beautiful. We just wanted to take some time and to, to just do a special um, hanging of the wreath service. I'm glad that you came out tonight to be a part of it. 
um, singing these these Christmas hymns and everything, it really kind of helps get our heart directed in the right place. And so now I want to ask you, if you will, to stand and join me uh, as we as we close out with our benediction. Take time in the busyness of this season for quiet reflection. For the light of God's love is discernible everywhere. The good news of Advent is this. Christ is coming. Christ is always coming. God bless you. Thank you for coming.